Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Great. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Is there anyone here who is born of God? Like you are among those who are privileged, advantaged, and honored to call God their dad. Anyone? 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 For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And it says, and this is the victory that what? Has overcome the world, our faith. Amen. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. There is no defeat in your life. It is not possible for you to be defeated. Do you know why? Because you are born of God. Because you are born of God, you cannot be defeated. Defeat is not your portion. It doesn't matter what people have said, what you are feeling in your body right now what you're feeling in your mind or heart, defeat is not your portion. I can even dare say it doesn't matter what the doctors have said. The doctors are good people. We have one of the best here. And they have an assignment from God to discern what's going on in our bodies and advise us on how to go about it naturally. And sometimes they have limitations. But whatever is born of God what? overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Now when you see the word overcoming, what should you anticipate? When you see overcoming, what should you anticipate? Resistance. There is no need to overcome if there is nothing to be overcome. So do not be shocked when you find challenges. Jesus said, in this world you will have, not few, but what? Many troubles. And he said, but, be of good cheer. Tell your neighbor, it matters where you place the but. He says, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Verse 25, next verse is, who is he? Or who is she who overcomes the world but he who believes 
that Jesus is the son of God. The moment you come to that conclusion of belief that Jesus is the son of God, what happens to you? You become an overcomer. You have, you, we render you already in the overcoming category. Amen. By the way, I think I'm preaching good, but that's okay. That's okay. Someone here, even as we speak this message, God has shown you your next step. God has opened your next door. Your next step is very clear to you. He's clarifying it even as I speak now. And it is such a good thing. It's what people typically call a breakthrough. Amen. Now, don't think I'm guessing. At some point, you stop guessing in life. You, you start meaning everything you say. So, that person is here, and here is what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. There are people in your life that you need to let go of. Yeah, that's what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. There is company you have that is holding you back from what God has ordained for you. And somehow you feel you need them and God is saying you do not need those people. Amen. You see, when God calls you, he calls you alone. Paul says when, uh, in Galatians, when he's quarreling with those people, he says, when it pleased God, who called me from my mother's womb and called me to, be, to, to, what, to take the gospel to Gentiles, he says, I immediately conferred not with flesh and blood. I have used mixture, Moses, revised version, King James version, and other English versions out there. I immediately conferred not with flesh and blood. Some of you are so used to mobocracy. <laughs> mobocracy, the decision of the mob, so much so that so much so that you are not fulfilling God's plan for your life. God never calls a mob. God calls people. He tells Jeremiah, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. And I called you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. That's what God is telling someone here. Maybe you're not ordained to be a prophet to the nations. Whatever it is, the thing is, Whatever it is, God is showing it to you and people must go. You would think it should never be a tough choice to choose between people and God, but people find it hard. Who is he that overcomes the world but he that believes? Someone else? Wait on the Lord. Now the way it came to me is wait on the Lord. <laughs> Do what? Wait 
upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. The other people, we've sorted you. Nothing is impossible. God is saying nothing is impossible. I think even our message is going along those lines. Another person needs to give thanks. Give thanks. Be thankful. How many times does the psalmist say, give thanks? Right? If you learn to walk in gratitude, you'll experience the impossible. Amen. Woo! So now that we are on the topic of he that is born of God, he that believes overcomes the world, I'm going to stick right there for the next few minutes. Amen. If you will allow. Amen. Many of you have been around me the last few weeks. I'm still meditating on the idea that we are children of God. He says in John 1, 12 and 13 that those who believed, those who received him, he gave the right. Mm -mm. Do you hear the word right in there? Right. To as many as received him, he, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of Where was he born? By whom? Born of God. In primary, where I still went to the primary school in my village, we had a classmate called Bamzalawa. Bamzalawa. It's, the name is a question. In fact, to say it in proper Lusoga, it would have to be Bamzalaga. As in, where, was, where did he come? from? Where was he born? You know when people come and ask you, hey, where do you come from? Let's try this one. Where do you come from? Jamoliwa. Jamoliwa. Is that the village or the, the county? Or sub-county? About the parish. Uh -huh. Parish name. You know, ID, national ID. We just look at, uh-huh, parish. Tajukira. Tamuliba is where? Masaka? Very long time. <laughs> I've been in the city for a very long time. <laughs> Let's stick with Chamuliba. Bamzalawa. Where was he born? Yavawa? Chamuliba. We get all these crazy identities. National identities, racial identities, uh, tribal identities. Right? Everyone is trying to be identified with something that would seem to make you important, including where you come from. A friend of mine gave me a revelation the other day that Peter doesn't come from Chamlibwa. Peter didn't come from Chamlibwa. Peter came through Chamlibwa. That was simply your entry point into the world. But otherwise, you are not of the world. 
Mamanze. John 3, 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Huh. So you didn't come from Chamlibwa. You didn't come from uh, Ipupadengo. You didn't come from, where is that? Eh? Nyabushabi. That's not where you come from. You simply came through. For he says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. You existed. To your parents, you started existing after your mother discovered that something was happening in her tummy. And she went and told your father, I think we're expecting. <laughs> and probably it went along those lines, especially if you are the firstborn. What? So that's when you started, according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, you were before. And you will be after. You see, your body came from the earth. You see, those few kilograms you've put on, they come from the earth. The posture you eat that keeps adding them comes from the earth. Your body came from the earth. It is sustained by the earth and shall go back to the earth. That's your body. Now, you are not your body. That's why we don't say this one. Uh, not Chamalibwa. Uh, who? Who's running around and... Uh, you, you can't say he's, he's a quarter person <laughs> just because he weighs a quarter of your weight. You're not your body. He's a full person just packaged in a smaller package. <laughs> your body is simply your earth suit. Your body is the, your container. That's why it says your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because your spirit and the Holy Spirit, since you came to the Lord, are one. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. That means your spirit and the Lord's spirit are in fusion. They are one. And because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, your body is also the temple of your spirit. Is someone following? So you're not your body. You are spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. When your mother produced you, they checked to make sure that everything was there. Five fingers on one hand, five fingers on the other. Two nostrils, two eyes, uh, mouth, hair, some, uh, ears, and legs. You came out whole. You didn't come out, then the leg starts growing. She came out with one leg, but let's feed her. 
the people at the front find that extremely funny. Let's feed her and the other leg will what? Develop. Is that, is that what happened? No, you come out whole. You may be small, three kilograms, but you are whole. Born of the flesh. Everything is in its right place. The nose is at the front, the eyes are at the front, everything in its right place. The lip is not on the knee. Are you following? And then it says that which is born of that. So if you come out and the nose is back here, there's a problem. Or if the teeth are growing on the feet. It's, that's not expected, is it? No. You are, in the flesh, you look exactly like your parents. You need to move to the back. Oh, one of you. They've just understood yeah. which part. <laughs> I told you, at least God laughs at your jokes. Some, and God doesn't have that. He doesn't laugh at your jokes five minutes after you've cracked them. And that which is born of the spirit is what? Is spirit. In other words, when you got born again, you came out looking like your father. God. And you have his exact attributes and character and capacities and privileges of his child in that household. How do you know? You compare to Jesus. Jesus is the first son in that household. And he says, uh, that he, he says they, they may know that you have loved them the same way you have loved me in John 17. So God doesn't love Jesus any inch more than he loves you. And God does not, how do you know? You know love is not a feeling. You don't come and say, so-and-so loves me. Oh, I have feeling. No, that's, that's not God kinds of love. That, that's, kind of love. That's a different kind of love. <laughs> so he's trying to share with us his Greek knowledge God's kind of love is different and God's kind of love is a giving love so if I say I love Angela the same way I love Emma it means that my thoughts feelings and Actions towards the two of them are exactly the same. So when God declares that he loves Jesus the same way he loves you, it means that his thoughts, feelings, and actions towards you are exactly the same that he has towards Jesus. Who? Oh. I'm preaching good. Yeah. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. You're your father's child. You look like him in character. 
Now, of course, the challenge is that God is not flesh. God is a spirit, John 4, 24. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So for you to find out what you actually look like in spirit, you can't look in a physical mirror. You have to look in the spiritual mirror, which is the word of God. And whatever the word of God says about you, that settles it. It's regard, it doesn't matter what you feel like. Ladies, when you put on makeup in the morning, <laughs> okay, at night, over going where? And you put your hair together. Do you depend on what you feel or what you see in the mirror? What do you depend on? Let me see. What do you use? Anita, looks like you tried that a lot. What do you use? The mirror. You use the mirror. You will not put on the makeup and, and say, I am, I feel that I'm good to go. Is that what you do? You're going to look in the mirror. So after looking in the mirror, if everything is in the right place, according to you, and then you feel that it's not. What are you going to try? And every time you look in the mirror, it's there. But then you feel it's not there. What are you going to go with? The feeling or the mirror? Yes, what you see in the mirror is much more reliable than your feelings. So, why do we depend on our feelings when it comes to things of God? The things of the spirit. You can only rely on what you see in the mirror. So when he says the fruit of the spirit is love. Joy. Peace. Long suffering. What, what else is there? Gent gentleness. Kindness. Gentleness. Goodness. Self-control. Faithfulness. You see, you don't have to feel peace to know that you have peace. You don't have to feel happy to know that you have joy unspeakable. If the mirror shows you that you are full of joy, guess what? Hallelujah. See, the Bible declares that you have all things. The Bible declares that you know all things. All that is in your spirit. It says to be carnally minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded is you're depending on your feelings and the things you see in the physical. To be spiritually minded, you're depending on the mirror of the word of God. And following it. Amen. Banengs. Are you here? You're here. You're here. Mufunamu. You're getting the matter I'm bringing, I'm tabling. You are spirit. You are born of God. You know all things. You have all things. You were healed. You have the mind of God. 
Christ. Praise the Lord. Now, actually, now that you've brought us to the mind of Christ, let's go there. First Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter 2. Chapter 2. Jesus. Jesus. Are, you, are we at chapter 2? It's about the... Can I give you a testimony? Yeah. I wasn't going to give this testimony, but I feel I should give it because it may encourage someone. Amen. Amen. Jesus. So, uh, my wife and I uh, went and spotted a, a plot of land, a piece of land that we wanted to buy, you know. SFFG, uh, net worth, you know those things. Uh, you know, you save, you purchase assets, you turn them into cash flow. So there's this asset we saw, and our plan was to start building in January so that we can generate some cash flow from that asset among the others. So we saw it. Uh, we sort of liked it and talked to the owner. We agreed on the terms, how much we were to pay. Uh, and then we left it. Uh, there's another one we had preferred, but it's like, okay, if the owners of that don't budge, we probably will go with this one. So today I had my travels. I went to many places. So I... The guy had told me, please come tomorrow uh, ready to work on the transfers. Nah, nah. So I said, okay. I hope we have the money. I knew we had the money to pay for it. But I was like, okay, cash flow management. So get there. We had one meeting about something else altogether. Then I had to see him briefly. I'm like, okay. So she's like, okay, my wife and I, we've decided that we are going to give you this other one. And yeah, here are the transfer forms. No, 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 I, I needed you to, give, to write, uh, you think you own the property with your wife, so I didn't know what name to use. I said, okay, okay, I'll take and she signs. I was like, okay, so now uh, what's the next step? Do we have an agreement? And how do I transfer the money? And he was like, no, 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 no. Uh, my wife and I have decided to give you this one for free. Just so. So you either act in unbelief and say, hey, what? No, wait! We want to pay! <laughs> oh, really? Wow, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, you may want to know that people don't give you free land if God has not spoken to them. <laughs> Please do not force the Lord to speak to your neighbor. But you see, I don't even know why I told that story. One, it was to encourage someone, but two, to say, you see, we the flesh ate the day. 
Yeah? Everyone thinks this is the steps between no sweating. God, what? There is the big generous. We are blessed, blessed, and blessed, living in the overflow. Oh, overflow. Everything is in calculus. In fact, some people need elevated mathematics to handle their finances. That's how complicated it is. Back house. Statistical analysis and numerical methods. And God is saying, just follow me. Look in the mirror, do what it says. I will sort you out. They're like, be. God, I know you're good and what, but I have a better idea. It don't work. Where were we? Go down. Take me down to verse about five there. Ah, right there. You are clever. How did you know? Okay. No, he knew. Oh, is it she? He, okay. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. He's quoting the old covenant. Now, yeah, do you know the next verse? Cut this thing here. It's not the truth. Next. But it matters where you place the but. Go back. Some people may not have seen. As it is written, what? I has not. Are you, are you, are you with me? Now, you please stick with me. This is important. I has not. Not ear. Nor have entered into the heart or mind of man the things which God has. Next. But. But God has what? God has revealed, manifested, shown them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. First, stay there. Those things of going around not knowing are not for believers. I don't know. Who says you are, not, you are allowed not to know? God has revealed. Okay. Let, let me simplify it for you because you're probably still thinking about it. We say that which is born of the flesh is what? And that which is born of the spirit is? Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1 that the eyes of your understand, the eyes of your heart may be opened that you may know. Somewhere it talks about hearing. Did you know you have spiritual eyes as much as you have physical eyes? Did you know you have spiritual ears as much as you have physical ears? And that you are capable of hearing accurately in the spirit just the same way you're capable of hearing 
accurately in the physical. You are capable of seeing accurately in the spirit the same way you're capable of seeing in the physical. Are you with me? Uh, now don't deny. You are the one I'm talking about. That's why he said before, uh, before, 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 I has not seen, ear, heart. No, 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 no. That's Old Testament. We are now in the new covenant. That's why he says God has reveal them. In other words, we have eyes that can see those things. And we have ears that can hear those things. And we have a mind that can perceive the things of the Spirit of God. We no longer have to walk around in darkness. We don't even have to keep relying on other people to tell us. There are people who, it's all about what someone else can tell them. That's Old Testament. Maybe you are so used to having someone else tell you what God is saying. No, no. <laughs> Use your own eyes and ears. Understand. It says, understand what the will of the Lord is. He doesn't say your pastor should understand what the will of the Lord is for you. You have to understand what the will of the Lord is. Hallelujah. Spiritual eyes. You see, Elisha had a small problem in that a neighboring superpower to his small nation had deployed their army to surround his house. <laughs> right? It's like it's small. The support called it, calls it this light affliction, which is but for a moment. He gets all his problems, he reduces them to one affliction and even removes the plural. So anyway, so what used to happen is that uh, uh, the Assyrians, every time they raided the Israelites, they found that these guys were well prepared and waiting for them. So like, Who's the mole? Who's the snitch? Who, who's telling those guys our battle plans? So they were going to launch an investigation, internal investigation. Who is revealing to the Israelites our battle plans? And then some guy said, no, 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 oh king. I don't know how they used to go about it. I think they start always with, long live forever, oh king. And they said, there is a prophet in Israel he hears your bedroom conversations from where he is. Is <laughs> what? He has a bag. You see, that's how, by the way, just this is for fun and education. Everything that people discover scientifically, they first see it in the Bible. Do you understand? Uh, uh, they first see what God has done, then they figure out there is a way to do it. Stick with me. So how did people come up with the idea of bagging people's bedrooms? They saw it right there. Elisha. Like, okay, so you can actually hear what someone is saying without being there. We need to find a way. 
How do people come up with airplanes? They saw birds. How do people come up with submarines? They saw fish. That's how, how do people come up with mobile phones and being able to see someone where, who's not there? So Saul went to that witch who surfaced Samuel, like bring up Samuel. Holograms. Now people have developed holograms. I don't know that you're following. The final frontier is going to be teleporting, transportation without displacement. Surely humanity will figure out how to get matter and mass from one place to another without displacement. And they're just following God. And actually God, when it finally happens, like, oh, um, it's taken them all this long. Where were we? Elisha. So, the king, you see, that's a problem. That's why in this very chapter, the Bible says that the wisdom of this world is really foolish. Because, I mean, you should know that if the guy is using other methods, you don't use natural methods to defeat supernatural means. You cannot use natural methods to defeat supernatural means. So, what did the king do? The king of Assyria, he sent an army. Mbuno to arrest who? Elisha. He's revealing our secrets to the Israelite army. Go get him. So they camped around his house. So Gehazi wakes up to wash his face in the morning. <laughs> and brush. So this is Gehazi, the servant of Elisha. The guy's brushing. Then he looks up like, The Assyrian army had camped around their house. He goes to Elisha. Alas, master! We are but dead. We are surrounded. And what does Elisha do? He's like, are you serious, Gehazi? I need to see it for myself. <laughs> Is that what he did? Or did he say, ah, Gehazi also, there's no one there. That's sometimes that's how we locally do. The problem is there facing you, like, I have no problem. In the name of Jesus. There's no wound on my knee. No. Faith is not refusing to acknowledge the problem. Faith is acknowledging that the problem exists but... So what does Elisha do? He tells the guy, Gwe, I know, I know they are there. <laughs> but those people. Meanwhile, by this time, Gehazi is what? He's, he's apoplectic. He's like, master, <laughs> two food day. You know people who say two food day when they are still breathing? <laughs> we are dead. <laughs> Why is Gehazi in trouble. Why is he behaving like that? Because he's not seeing the whole picture. He's only using one set of eyes. So Elisha's like, Lord, just open his eyes. Let him see. So his eyes were briefly open. And what did he see? Chariots of the heavenly host. Now Gehazi was saying, we are dead to food day. Guess what happened right there? He's like, 
Bafode. They are so dead. Can someone advise those guys to leave now? You know, now he was now concerned for the enemy. When you know who's on your side and you're able to see it, you're going to be very concerned about the people who attack you and who seek to frustrate your life because they don't know what they are coming against. You're like, I, I wish, I wish, who's their best friend? Who can tell them that this is not a good idea? Quit! climate than you can handle. It matters. Next. Next. There is a, you just press next. <laughs> For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Which things are they talking about? Which things are they talking about? What man knows the things of a man? Which, which, which of your things are they talking about? The things that God has prepared for you. The spirit of, of God that is in you knows those things. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Next. Now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. <sighs> next, next, next. These things we also speak. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Which things do we speak? Which things do we speak? The things that have been freely given to us by God. Philemon, verse 6, that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. What have you been acknowledging? What have you been talking about? The psalmist declares, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you. What is he talking about? Is he talking about having good thoughts? No. Your words and your meditation must correspond to the word of God. But of course, how they correspond to the word of God which ye know not. You must know it. You must renew your mind. And then you'll be transformed. I think that's what he says. But let's, let's finish. He says next. But the natural man 
does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Let me tell you, one of the biggest mistakes we make is to think that things of the Spirit are like things of the natural. And that you can compare the two. Big mistake. In fact, the last time I checked, they seem to be complete opposites. What do they say in the natural? If you want to be promoted, what do you do? You climb the corporate ladder. You step on everyone and make sure you get ahead. It is, what do they call it? Elbowing. Eh? <laughs> I'm now the departmental head. I'm now the damaging director. That's what happens in the natural. What happens in the spiritual? What does Jesus say? If you want to be great in God's kingdom, you must be the servant of all. What? That's what it takes. In the natural, what do you do if you want something? You go and you get it. You become a go-getter. I want it. I work for it. I get it. I hustle. How does Jesus' kingdom work? He comes and says, Mm-mm. if you want it, you give it. Duh. Like, how does that work? How do I get something by getting it out of my life? Jesus says, just give it. But the natural man, uh, uh, you subject that to your budget. <laughs> Be like, Mm-mm, I ain't giving nothing. TV caller, look, the numbers don't add up. Look, unless you show me a spiritual calculator, the numbers are not going to add up. <coughs> they are spiritually discerned. Let's finish. It says, but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. That's a complicated verse. But let's finish. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But, it matters where you put the but, we have the mind of Christ. We know those things. We know those things that have been freely given to us by God. We are no longer simply human, ordinary, guessing with everyone else, wondering what will happen next year, what will happen the other year, what's going to happen to the country. We are not of such. We know those things. We walk confidently, knowing that if God wants to show me something about tomorrow, he will show it to me. I'll know it. If it's dangerous and he wants me to avert it, he will show me and we will avert it. We'll just say that won't happen and it won't happen. Amen? So thanks so much for being here tonight. I hope you go away 
oh, we are going to take an offering. Uh, we'll take the offering as you go. Right? Is that cool? So there'll be someone there and someone there. I hope you go away knowing who you really are. We are children of God. We have everything. Blessed be the Father, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We are of the heavenlies. In fact, he says he has made us alive together with him. He has raised us up together with him. He has made us sit together with him in the heavenly places in Christ. Like you and I, we have so much going for us. You people, we should be the envy of the whole world. We just need to renew our minds to what happened. Amen. We know all things. We operate, in fact, we don't operate from earth to heaven. Rather, we operate from heaven to earth. Because it says, uh, uh, as was the man of the dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. First Corinthians chapter 15. You are of that nature. You are of Christ. Amen. Just go and meditate on it. And when the enemy comes to cause doubt as to what really happened, just refuse. Just say, I refuse to participate. I'm of the heavenly. I'm full of love. I am even capable of loving my enemies. God bless you. Thanks for coming. See you next month. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.